Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, loyal listeners. It's Richard and Linda here again to spend another half hour, another week, talking about some of the things we've been thinking about regarding parenting and maybe, hopefully, there's some of the same things that you have been thinking about. We love doing this because, actually, it's our best time to connect ourselves. Um, we really <laughs> have time I, to sit down and talk about it. I find out about where Linda's been. She finds out about where I've been. Actually, <laughs> Linda, you know, we're, we're pretty lucky because we usually travel together, and people who want us to speak about parenting are smart enough to know that they better have both of us. And uh, so we usually go together. But this has been a little different this last uh, little period of time because you've been in Minneapolis speaking to an enormous convention. How many How many people did you have there? 2,000, 8,000? Oh, no, no, know. there were 8,000, but I didn't speak to all 8,000. <laughs> I was just oh. doing a workshop. I only did five or 600. But very well, good, fun and I very actually, interesting. I actually beat you then because I had 700. Ha, ha. <laughs> Oh, yesterday in, uh, it was 500. Come on. No, it was seven. <laughs> I was in New Orleans. And you're, uh, let's just tell the listeners a little about what it was. You were at a corporate convention. Right. Um, I was talking, I, actually, I was talking to moms about how to balance their career with their family and how to balance all that. And uh, Richard had a little different situation this week. Yeah, I was. Uh, so you were in Minneapolis talking to moms. I was in uh, New Orleans talking to a big investment conference, mostly men, but uh, maybe about twenty percent women. But all of them either parents or grandparents. So why don't you give a quick review of what you told these moms about balance and what the response was, and then. Uh, I'll tell a little bit about what I told these financial guys, and then we'll see if we can pull it all together. Well, it was really fun talking to moms. Um, I These were all moms that are working at home, out of the home. Some of them have home offices and so on, but most of them are working at home. And we were talking about how hard it is. It seems like uh, and when you're trying to do that, it just, you know, we've all been to, we've all at least seen these circus performers that have all these plates that are spinning you know they just keep spinning more and more and more plates that's exactly how you feel as a mom like you're spinning so many plates and you're going to drop a plate somewhere here or there because there's so many things to concentrate on and usually the plate dropping consists of a child you know hanging on your arm while you're trying to talk on the phone and trying to close a business deal or something when you're working at home it is so difficult so we really talked for a while about the difficulties that present themselves when you're working at home and when you're trying to burn the candle at both ends and so on. But then, of course, we talked about how important your first priority is and the importance of telling your kids that no matter how busy you are, that you're doing this for them and that you they really are your first priority. And, you know, setting limits, saying there are certain times when I can talk to you, there are certain times when I can't, and this is what it is. And, and just setting up all those um, little rooms of experience and so that kids know what to expect. And, and let me uh, just talk, I'll, I'll break in on you a little, and you do on me when I'm explaining mine, Linda, but I, when you were saying that, you had mostly women who were trying to work out of the home professionally, 
and blend the the home environment and the kids with whatever they're doing on the phone or on the computer with their job. But of right. course, even if you don't, even if you're a mom who's not uh, professionally working out of your home, you've still got, don't you think, a lot of those same balance issues because you're trying to take care of the house, you're trying to do the budget, you're trying to cook oh, the food, you're service, trying to do the shopping. The church. There's so many things. All Absolutely. those things. So the point is all women are working, whether it's a professional work or not, and they're balancing that with the care of their kids. Exactly. And that's what makes it difficult, because at least men often can go to an office where it's clean and organized and talk to other adults all day. (laughs) And for women, it's so different, because you have to juggle all that. I mean, you can get totally occupied with just keeping the floor clean and the windows washed and so on, or just keeping your house up, or you can get totally preoccupied with um, community service or things that you've decided you want to do that are that are good causes, but it takes time away from your kids, and, and your kids kind of know it, so they know the time to get to you is while you're on the phone. <laughs> you're always whining about something they need or some kind of an emergency when you're on the phone. Remember that ad that the uh, LDS Church used to do? It's an old one now, but it was I thought it was very poignant. I could never watch it without sort of almost cheering up. And it was this mom who, uh, you know, was on the phone and on the computer and, and trying to get something done. And this little kid with these big brown eyes was sort of tugging on her skirt. And she's like, just a minute, just a minute. And she's working away. And and then finally he gets her attention and he says, uh, and she's, you know, got her big uh, 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 address book thing and her, her computer list, a contact list. And, and the little guy says, uh, Who's, whose names are on that list? And the mom says, uh, oh, that's, that's just the important people the mommy knows. And then this little beautiful kid looks up at her and says, is my name... On your list. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing you tear up about that. Oh, that's <laughs> that really so... is sad because sometimes they do get lost, you know, they, and we justify ourselves, of course, because we're doing it for them, but sometimes they don't see that unless we sit them down and tell them exactly what's going on. I mean, these single moms, our hearts go out to single moms and single dads because really the buck stops there doubly doubly when you're a single parent because it seems as though you have to do everything and it's so important to let the kids know and in some ways it's easier because the child can see that you're struggling and that it's hard for you and uh, sometimes that has to be explained so what would you say linda i mean just on the heels of this experience with these women if you had to give moms one key here's a mom she's frustrated because she's trying to prioritize her kids, but there's all these other things. I mean, she's got so many other people trying to get a hold of her or things she feels like she has to do, or maybe her church calling or whatever. How? What's the single key to managing to keep the kids as the first priority, even though there's so many other squeaky wheels, if you will, trying to get the grease? Well, I think it's so important to realize for moms, and dads do this as well, but moms especially, I think, 
um, is to remember that you have to take care of yourself. You have to think through before you go, you hit the day, before you hit the kids, exactly what's going to happen. I remember when all of our kids were home, and we had nine of them, and there were only a few years when we only had when we had all of them there, but I remember going in the bathroom, locking the door for just two minutes, looking in the mirror and saying, I know that you're walking into a hurricane today. There is no doubt about it. There is no doubt it's going to be a hurricane, and you are going to be the calm center of the storm. No matter what happens, no matter what swirls around you, no matter what the arguments and the whining and all that stuff is, you are going to remain calm. And then I kind of rehearse my lines, you know, about, oh, let me help you with that, instead of getting, you know, falling off the edge and so on when, when you're irritated at something that the child's done. So, you know, I figured that worked about 35% of the time, which is better than none of the time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, and, you know, it doesn't always, but it's helpful. So would you say, I mean, do moms sometimes, uh, when they're in that situation, they're in, they're in the home environment, but they're doing a certain number of things, whether it's their job or their church or their whatever, they're, they're doing outside the home things from within the home. Do they have to sort of block certain amounts of time and tell the kids, okay, till the, till the big hand gets to the top, mommy has to work on, on this or on that. And then when the big hand gets to the top, we'll go outside and play or whatever. Do you have to use the clock to segment your time, do you think? Sure. I think even, even the timer is helpful. You know, if you know you have a half-hour conference call or whatever it is, then set the timer. And let, and let the kids know you just can't bother me during this this time. And when the timer goes off, then you know, then we're going to go do something fun. Um, I think that, along with sometimes, I mean, moms who are working at home have to really uh, spend a concentrated amount of time, like three or four hours, without being interrupted. It's time to get somebody else in the house who can uh, cover for the kids and so on, and uh, be a helper. And if it can't be the husband, a babysitter, or some, you know, somebody that needs some money and uh, that can really help with the family, but it is important to let the kids know that they are, no matter what, they are your first priority. But there are times when you really can't be with them. And you're certainly not. Correct me if I'm wrong, Linda, but I think I know this since you're my wife. You're certainly not against having some childcare now and then, or a preschool, or something that gives you some blocks of time when you can focus on things other than the kids. Oh, right, absolutely. It seems to me you almost have to do that. There are parents that just cannot leave their kids. They just cannot, and more power to them. I don't know how they survive. But I really felt that I needed some time away, um, at least once a week, just a couple of hours when I could go away and regroup and so on. And everybody has different needs. Everybody uh, deals with that a little a little differently. But I do think that people are there to help you, and you really need to use that help rather than become becoming angry and upset all the time. I mean, when all our kids were home, you know very well, Richard. My The book that I wrote while they were all there was called I Didn't Plan to Be a Witch because I didn't plan it, but man, those kids can drive you over the edge, and you just totally lose it. And then the responsibility right. is to come back and say, sorry, this is what happened to me today, and I'm so sorry I shouldn't have said that or done that, and that's really important too. Well, and of course, a lot of you listeners know that our our, our ultimate solution for all these sort of conflicts of time and, and the absence of enough mental energy to go around is 
is what we call joy schools, where you take the preschoolers and you, I mean, of course, um, sometimes there are great preschools, and we certainly don't have anything against uh, parents who have the kids in a preschool for the morning and then spend the afternoon with them. Everyone has to work out their own formula for that. But for a lot of moms, we found that uh, they didn't want to abdicate the responsibility. They didn't want to turn the kid over to some commercial preschool about which they didn't know very much. And so that's where joy schools come in, where a group of four or five or six moms groups together and rotates as teacher so that on any given morning, one of the moms is teaching all the kids in this little joy school curriculum, and the other four moms or the other five, however many in the group, have that morning off, and then they they have a time to get their other things done and so on, and then when it comes around their turn, they have the kids. And those, those sort of co-op, mother-centered preschools are really, really fantastic for the very problem, Linda, that I think you're talking about. Yeah, and... The main thing is it's so inexpensive. Uh, man, preschools now are just outrageous. And for those who really can't afford it as far as put, forking out that much money, and of course they teach good things. Where we have nothing against preschools, but um, but this preschool really teaches children how to be happy and well-adjusted and love their life and love the earth and their bodies and learn how to set goals and do all kinds of fun things that are really made for little children. So let us tell you how to get more information on Joy Schools, if that appeals to you. And then I want to say a little about sort of the other end of the spectrum where I was last week speaking and get Linda's inputs on it. Um, but it's very easy to get more info on Joy Schools. Just go to joyschools.com, put an S on the joyschools.com, and you'll get all the information you need. And when we come back after the break, I will tell you, and Linda will help, what I've been telling men, dads, about their finances and about how their kids need to understand finances. Otherwise, what's the point in earning money in the first place? We'll we'll be right back after the break. We are back again, Linda. We are. Our listeners, and so the other half of our on-the-road story from last week is, like I mentioned, I was down in New Orleans, and there was a national conference of investors, and most of their speakers were talking to them about how to make more money, <laughs> how to buy distressed mortgages, how to buy... Uh, uh, you know, short sale houses, how to invest in the market, and on and on and on. You've all probably been exposed to conferences like that. I don't, I don't have anything against them, but I had the interesting opportunity to be sort of a, the, the final keynote speaker. And my the question I posed to all those investors was this. What is the end and what is the means? In other words, is... Making money is doing better with your finances and your investment. Is that 
the end? Is that the final goal, or is that the means to something else? And, of course, when we think of it that way, we all conclude that uh, the, the end, the goal, the purpose, the, 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 the thing that really matters is our families and our relationships. And the finances are essentially the means to the end. And so the second question I posed to them was, are your kids able to handle money? Are they financially savvy? Will they be able to take care of whatever money you give them, either now through an allowance or through whatever system you use in your family, or later when maybe they'll inherit something or maybe you'll pass something on to them? We'd all like to do that at some point if it works out. Uh, 